Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, October 15, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Boy, do we have a truckload of stuff to cover today. We saw the bigger move that we were alluding to yesterday in terms of the shenanigans that took place on Wednesday. We talked about the fact that there's a bigger than a bread box move likely coming. Well, guess what? This morning, we wake up to a nice big healthy gap down. The buy the dip crowd caught the market right out of the chute. You see a horizontal line running across the screen. It's at 343. We're going to talk about that number a little more in depth when we go over to inside the numbers. But there's more to meet the eye. There's a method to the madness. We're going to cover exactly where 343 comes from, why it was on the board this morning, why the market found support at that number. We're going to discuss the whole bowl of wax in a moment. First, let's cover what else is jumping off the chart on the daily chart. How about today's candle? We have a reversal candle any way you want to look at it. The market gap down, it finished near the highs. They even filled the gap left open from Wednesday. So it was a very bullish finish to the day after a poor opening. It's a reversal candle, but is it really meaningful? So that's what we need to cover. The candle in and of itself is a reversal candle. Is it backed by tremendous volume, meaning institutional participation? And the answer to that question is, no, it's not. It had basically the same type of volume we had the previous day, less than the day before. We're not going to make anything other than the fact that it was a normal or average volume day. In fact, it was a below average volume day. If you look down at the bottom of the screen, there's a black line running through the volume bars at the bottom. That black line represents the average over the previous 90 days. So it was even less than the average 90 day volume. Therefore, no institutional participation. So it's a reversal candle without institutional participation. It becomes one of those candles that's ripe for a fake out. Now, we don't know whether or not we're going to get a fake out. I'm just saying that a lot of traders will think that it was a market reversal today. They'll get sucked in. But in a sense, we're really in no different position than we've been the last previous couple of days. Let me go farther and explain that. The market ran up, ran up to challenge this breakdown candle high. Never got to the high, but it ran up to challenge the high. The high of this candle that comes from the 3rd of September. That's where the market broke down. So there's a couple of possibilities going on here. So being the umpire that we are, we want to know both sides of the tape. We want to know both possibilities. So let's take the bull case first. The bull case is they ran up to run a test or at least come close to the breakdown candle high. They didn't quite get to the high. They pulled back to do what? To recock the gun. If in fact they've recocked the gun, they're going to make a better run at that breakdown candle or new highs because they've basically reset the tape, which is the same thing as recocking the gun. That's option number one. Option number B is the market made a lower high. So for example, we could say that early September is a high. They tried to rally up. They fail. They make a lower high and they go down from there. That's possibility number B. 
We also talked about the fact that leading up into the election, it was unlikely that the market was going to just keep going and take off. Also, we were going to see some volatility. We're entering earnings season, so therefore, we're going to have companies reporting their earnings after the closing bell and before the opening bell, so we get a lot of movement coming up in the coming weeks. So it's unlikely that the market was going to remain mundane and just keep climbing higher to new highs, not in the face of all the stuff going on. The last bit is the trend is your friend until it's not. When you look at the daily chart, the weekly chart, the monthly chart, the absolute is that the market is in an uptrend above all the moving averages, period, full stop. Below the moving averages, things begin to change, but we take the market at face value at present. The umpire doesn't say, well, the pitcher was probably going to throw a strike on the next pitch anyway, so I'll just punch the guy out here and save the trouble. That's not the way it works. We take it one pitch at a time, one candlestick at a time, one day at a time. What's going on inside the numbers? We're going to get to that number we just discussed. That would be 343. But we want to go over inside the numbers. That number will come back around. But here's the deal. This is tour guide stuff. This is real life stuff. This is how you make money stuff. Pay attention to this if you're at all interested to be active in the market during the trading day. This was one of those days that you just signed up for. Let's set the stage. We wake up, the market's red, we're gapping lower, it could be a debacle on our hands, that's what we have. Happy Thursday, north south side pressure. We discuss shenanigans, here's the bigger than a bread box move coming. We should expect large swings in both directions. That's commonplace when we see an expansion of volatility. Net net, volatility is a trader's dream and this is what we signed up for. Then we have a little bit of a tidbit on stocks on the move. There was a laundry list today. So it's how do you manage the list? Well, you only have to worry about the stuff that's coming close. We'll get back to stocks on the move later. Let's stay with the notes. Let's go to the early thoughts. We want to let them open. We want the shakeout to take place. The market's gapping down. We want a chance to read the tape. We have some preliminary numbers. On the north side, 34.52, and today we have to use the ES numbers, the futures numbers, because of the movement that happened overnight. We have too much white space when we look at the SPY numbers. We can't get refined enough, so we go to the futures chart, we go to the continuous contract, and we come up with the numbers. On the north side, we had 34.52. On the south side, we had 34.28. Buyers would show up at 34.28. Sellers or overhead resistance would be at 34.52. All right, let's move it along. 9.27, here's where the rubber meets the road. Now, keep in mind, the number we just looked at, which was 34.28, is not that far different than 3.43 in the SPY. It's a little bit less, a couple of points less, 20 cents in the SPY. So what we're saying right out of the chute, close to the opening bell, is 343, give or take, is a spot where this trader is willing to buy the market for a trade on the long side. Now, I've already given you 3428, which is slightly different by 20 cents, but it's generally the same area as 343. This is valid for the early part of the session. We don't know if the market's going to just hang around for an hour or two. We may not want the same trade, but this is for the early going. This is the one we want. Where is it wrong? On an hourly close below 341.85. Now, 
Check this out. 931. Right out of the chute. That was the trade I was talking about. My order was just under the low, meaning I missed the trade, so I was left at the altar. But that was it. Some traders got it. They'll likely be back later. They never did come back. Normally, they come back, but today they didn't come back. They just took off on a rocket ride. How about another rocket ride? 933, rocket ride on Datadog, DDOG. We'll get to stocks on the move later. 935, resistance is 345 to 345 and a quarter. Traders who bought the market at the open need to book profit along the way. All right, let's get a point of reference. Let's get our faculties. You know the routine. Right at the vertical, today's activity, there's your gap down. Below price, you can see it peaking through the left corner, 343. The low today was just a few pennies above that. The low today was 343.13. So the 343, give or take, turned out to be correct. I just didn't get filled on the trade. But then the number up above, you see, 345 and a quarter was the number that was on the page at resistance. So they went a touch higher, but they went to 345 and change, and then they pulled back. So not only do you have the buy price going into the day, you also have the resistance price or the target price so you can exit the trade. What more could you be looking for? All that by 935. Let's see what else we have. Now what you'll see here is I was willing to take a short at 345 to 345 and a quarter. I did take that short. I ended up getting out of the short for mostly a scratch. And you saw they did pull back from there a little bit. But what happened was, as the market slowed down, the writing was on the wall that they really weren't going back down. So you don't want to be caught in a short trade. The last thing we want is what? A pie in the face. Another sneak peek, 949, VRTX, Vertex, take the deal. Let's move on. There's more talk about the short trade here. I'm kind of giving you play-by-play -play or paint-by-the-numbers. Now we come into 346. If they can get to 346, that's going to be a big deal. First, they're running a test. A test of what? Let's use this as another learning opportunity. So here's a 15-minute chart, and we're talking about 345 to 345 and a quarter, that general area, as being resistance. Now what we're using is what happens the majority of the time. What happens using the 80-20 rule, garden variety stuff? What's the norm? And not norm from cheers, what's the normal thing that takes place the majority of the time? Hence, the 80-20 rule. The normal thing is when the market hits a spot that's important, it's going to pause. It's going to pull back. It's going to find support. It's going to find resistance. It's going to have some type of reaction. So why was 345 and a quarter in that general area important? Well, if we go back to the ninth, just the other day, you can see here that these lows from that day were important. So guess what? You're right. They're going to be important again. Now, how long they're important for is a whole different ball of wax. Depends on the number, depends on the situation, depends on how important it was before, how important it'll be in the future. All those things get put into the bucket and meshed around. Here, it was important for a little while, not a lot longer, but important enough to put it on the board as what? Overhead resistance. Moving along, we have another pivot on our hands today. We know about the pivots. When we identify a pivot, the market tends to hang around that pivot, runs tests of that pivot. If it's underneath, it runs a test up above. It's resistance. If it's above it, it runs a test down south. It's support. 344.75 seemed to be an important number today. It's a pivot. Let's keep going. 
Here at 1019, as long as they continue to eat some time off the clock, where are they headed? 346. And here's an important tidbit. A target on the long side doesn't necessarily mean short at the same spot. More awareness. A lot of traders think that it does. Just because something is listed as overhead resistance doesn't mean it's always a short trade. Sometimes the market's just going to pull up. It's going to stop. It's going to run some sideways action. It's going to eat some time off the clock, and then it's going to continue on. Sometimes it'll pull way back. We never know which one it is, but there are times to take a short, and there are times to just call it resistance and take an exit for a long trade. And if you're not long, you don't have to be short the market. And with that... We're moving along. More learning stuff. Before, the read was 345 to 345 and a quarter was resistance. Now they're hanging around 345. We talked about this and we talk about this all the time. There was no rejection. So this is part of that reading the tape thing. The longer they hang around just under or hang around 345, the more likely they are just building energy for another leg higher. Now we have the benefit of hindsight. We know what happened. They did go higher. So we're giving you the play at 1024 in the morning. First stop, 346. Below 344.75 on short-term candle closes, the door opens for the lows from earlier today, the lows of day. 346, give or take, is the next target up north as long as they stay above 344.75. There's your schematic. Let's do this again with the chart. Now we're talking about 344.75, so now I've adjusted the line. That's where it is. Now check this out. That was earlier in the day. What time is this? This is noon. This is already 1 o'clock in the afternoon. The market pulls back to where? Makes a low of 344.84, never gets to 344.75, and immediately takes off to the upside. This, on the 15-minute chart, let's see what the 10 looks like. 12.50, you have a nice little doji candle, and then all of a sudden you take off to the upside on the 10-minute chart. So you have a reversal candle on the 15-minute chart, and a doji candle on the 10-minute chart. And if you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, then you understand what we're looking at. Was time more important than price? Was time important on this chart? Did time play a role when price stayed above, never got to, ran a test right above 344.75? You betcha. Where do you learn about that? In the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Let's move it along. 344.75, still the spot. This is earlier in the day. We're saying they have to recapture 344.75 or the lows of day are on the table. Closing candles above 344.75 opens the door for higher stuff. What higher stuff? 346. In perspective, one more time. What happens as soon as they got above and started closing candles above 344.75? Where was this close here? 344.75 on the button at 11 o'clock. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the answer is no. The short answer is no. The longer answer is hell no. How's that tour guide working out? By 11.20, there's your 3.46. Now what? Now think about this for a second. 11.20, what's next? Now what? Closing hourly above 3.46 opens the door for the gap at 3.48. Sounds crazy, but we've seen this before. Don't know if they will today, but the awareness is that they can. It's more likely that at present at 11.20, they were in the zone for a mid to late morning pivot. In this case, pivot top. And the daily pivot is still 3.44.75. Above and she's good. 
below and she's not. Now, moving along, check this out. Here's a chart, but first let's read what it says. This is the futures continuous chart. And here's something you can't see on a pit session or SPY or S&P 500 cash index chart. It's a 240 minute chart. Check out the breakdown candle where the top is around 3471. So what we're saying is, and here's the pointer, what we're saying is that if they're not going to break down, then they're going to be making an effort. They're going to be making a run. They're going to be running a test of a breakdown candle high. Markets love to do that. So I find this 240 minute chart and I see this and I say, well, if they're not going down south, they can stay the same. They can just run sideways all day. Or the third option is they can run a test of the breakdown candle high. Now, not that that has to be the end of the run. Why? Because what was right above? The gap left open from yesterday's close at 348. So we had 347, which coincides with this chart where the breakdown candle high was at ES 3471 and change. The corresponding SPY number is 347. I know it's a lot of numbers. Go ahead and listen to the last couple of minutes again if you were confused. I don't blame you for being confused. Think about me. Think about what's inside my head. So now you can see that at midday, we're laying out what they're doing. The rest of it, you kind of guess what happens. You kind of guess what was being said. You saw what happened. You know what happened. You can pause the video and read the notes for yourself, but the rest of it is pretty much as you would expect it to be. So you can also read it for learning purposes because there's always stuff to learn in the notes. Now we have stocks on the move. We had a pretty healthy list today, and I told you during earnings season, this is going to happen. We only have to track the ones that are coming close to their targets. What did we have today? We had JKS that hit its number. We had Datadog, DDOG, in the middle of the screen that hit its number. And we had Vertex that hit its second number. It jumped the first one, hit the second one, the 227.19. All the rest didn't. And the reason why some of them were far away is because of the type of tape that was at the opening bell or poised to be at the opening bell. If they were going to have a really big gap down and keep going, then we wanted to make sure that we had some opportunities where the numbers were far enough away where we would have had the great opportunities for an enormous bounce on trades that we just wouldn't normally see if the market was flattish at the open. I'm all hyped up. I'm like a kid in a candy store today. The first one we'll look at is Jinko Solar, JKS. The first number on the board was 63.93. You can see they came in between the two numbers, which were close together anyway. Why is that? Because I had two numbers. I can make an equal case that either of them can work. So I put them both on. And if they hit both, you split the difference and you have an average in between. Half at the first number, half at the second number, average in between. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you can see what happened when they did finally turn around. What did they do? They went on an absolute rocket ride. Last few days, we haven't seen too many of these rocket rides. So sometimes we forget what they're like. But guess what? $63.93 to over $69 a share. That's a rocket ride. It's not a base hit. It's not a double. It's in the triple slash home run camp. This is going to happen during earnings season. This happens during earnings season. This is why we're in the game. How's Datadog doing? 105.27, the stock opens up. What was the opening print? 107.38 runs right down to where? 105 even, turns around, 
runs away like a bat out of hell. That's a rocket ride up to 112 in minutes. Need I say more? Know thy numbers. Vertex opened below the first number, the second number, 227.19. It gave the deal. Doesn't look like much on this chart. It looks like a shit burger on this chart, but guess what? Here's a high of 232.20. I don't know about from where you're from, but where I'm from, that's about five bucks. Twice the minimum required return. Sometimes you just have to stop and you have to say, you just can't make this up. But the reason I bring this chart back up is because I want to reiterate what's exactly going on here when this happens. Stocks are headed to a destination. The market's headed to a destination all day, every day. But here's the deal. If we can identify the fact that a stock is heading to a destination and we can identify what that destination is or what it's likely to be and we know where we're wrong, well, guess what? That's the makings. That's the recipe for stocks on the move. Everything is headed to a destination. One of two things happens at destination. Either the stock is going to turn around and go back in the other direction, have a reaction in the other direction, or it's going to hang around for a cup of coffee for a while because it has another destination in mind, a la a continuation move. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Same thing. You see we're at these recent highs. They have the same reversal candle. We're above all the moving averages. So it's the same conversation as the S&P 500. We don't really need to have a different conversation. The only other conversation we want to have is where it is or where it was today relative to the S&P 500, meaning is it leading or not? Because it's our favorite market leading indicator, number one. Number two is the transports, but this is a number one. And guess what? Up 1.2% today, two bucks in the IWM on a day when, yeah, the S&P turned around, but still finished basically flat on the day. The cash index was down five points. That's flat on the day considering where it was early in the morning. But look at the IWM. This is telling us that money was flowing, right? It's all about money flow. Money was flowing into the small cap space. The growth space, right? That's where money goes for growth. Goes to the Qs, goes to the IWM. We want to see what the other markets did, but this is our favorite market leading indicator. It's a puzzle piece, and guess what? It's squarely on the table. I suspected we may find the RSP having a good day as well. So broad-based rally at the end of the day, the RSP participated or benefited more than the SPY as an index. We had a nice all-day sucker time of recovery today. Same chart as the IWM. There's nothing we can do with it. It's an awareness to know what's going on, to know that a leading index is either leading to the upside or leading to the downside. And we can say that these two were leading to the upside. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Look at this. Not only did they turn around like everything else today, they never even went down that much. Finished squarely near the highs. Trend is your friend. Absolutely nothing wrong with this tape. Up a little less than 1%. Not quite the same as the IWM, but we'll take it. In tandem, the IWM and the transports leading the S&P 500 in terms of leading to the upside. This is important information. Remember, we take this stuff at face value. Uh-oh. What happened with the folks out in Silicon Valley? They finished down two bucks today. They didn't really recover the same as the other markets. They didn't fill the gap today. Is that a warning sign? Is that a flare up in the air? 
I don't know if it's a flare, but it's certainly a puzzle piece and it's on the table. Why were the Qs the weaker of the indices today as opposed to the IWM and other stuff? Interesting development has to be a puzzle piece. It's absolutely on the table. Doesn't mean things collapse. What it does mean, though, is that money is rotating around and maybe it was rotating around and didn't necessarily rotate into the Qs, but rotated out of the Qs into something else. That's not bearish, it just is what it is. Financial space, XLF, same reversal we saw in everything else today. Everything looks the same. Got back above the moving averages after dipping below today. Same conversation as all the other charts. We really don't need to go any farther. And Smash Mouth, kind of in concert with the Qs, didn't fill their gap. They had a nice day, nice reversal day along with everything else, finished near the highs. But we need to take note that they're not leading things to the upside. So for whatever the reason is, Smash Mouth, which is a good indication of the tech space and the tech space as a whole, was not leading the total market today, but lagging the total market. Puzzle piece on the table. Don't know if we can make anything more out of it at this stage, but we're watching. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. I'm going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.